It is Thursday, the 13th day of May 2021, and it has been a pretty big week here for complaints and observations. Uh, first, uh, the Twitterer page, the Twitterer, Twitterer, wait, 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 wait. fuck, I'm off to a shitty start already. Literally just started talking. Man. Uh, rewind. First, the Twitter page received its first block ever at Complaints Pod. Been blocked by weak hitting and whiny old white man, former Red Sox second baseman Jeff Fry. Of all the fucking people on earth, Jeff Fry. Number two in your early to mid 90s Red Sox program. Uh, couldn't handle a hot take. Seems uh, Jeff had a uh, an issue with a video of a ball player, a kid who played at uh, an NAIA Christian college. Like of all places on the planet, he finds this fucking video. Uh, this kid is celebrating a two-run yabo after his team was down eight nothing, and they they came back to take the lead, and that's what the video is from. So. Standard uh, baseball tripe. Uh, don't show up the pitcher. That kind of bullshit that Jeff uh, had a problem with. And uh, the show page told him, you know, basically, hey, take it down a notch. You know, before I knew it, blocked. It's like, unfucking believable. Jeff Fry's whole shtick, apparently. Uh, one is you know, he's an agent, allegedly. Um, and then he made like fake baseball tutorial videos where he stuck a pillow under a shirt to look like he was fat. Eh, I don't know. Apparently that's funny. I don't know. But so now I'm like, where am I going to get my unfunny baseball tutorial videos from tutorial tutorial videos from maybe Jeff Treadway or Ron Oyster is available. Is it Oyster or Oster? I think it's just pronounced Oster. 1990 uh, World Series champion, Ron Oster, Cincinnati Reds. <clears throat> also, the show page tweeted something out about uh, Tim Tebow and him getting yet another chance to do something in professional athletics for some ungodly reason. And NFL Network talking head Jeff Rappaport. Jeff Rappaport? Ian Rappaport. Fuck, this is, aw- I am off to a fucking awful start. <laughs> oh man I am literally three minutes into this trash and this is what happens man it's been that kind of day it hasn't been the best day let me put that out there uh, got some bad news that really just got me down um, so I'm feeling bummed and I've come to record the pod in a vulnerable state and I can't speak Ugh. Let's get back to Ian Rappaport. Uh, he said that somehow Tim T. Tim. Oh, fuck. God damn. <laughs> Tim Tebro uh, would help the Jags, the Jaguars locker room. <laughs> uh, at any rate, I, I was, um, I, you know, I, I was like. Yeah, okay, so the guy that, that gets chance after chance after chance is going to help a locker room. 
I highly doubt it. And of course, it's already come out that half the people in the Jaguars building aren't really happy with this particular move by Urban Meyer, who is going to be a bust and a half in Jacksonville. So put that on the board. Uh, anyways, uh, and uh, I was given an absolute gift as uh, another Twitter rando uh, replied, quote, the village idiot has spoken, end quote. And I don't think this guy realized that he was talking to the actual real life village idiot. Is that fucking amazing or what? But listen, t-shirts now available. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I laughed my balls off for a solid five minutes at this random guy's tweet. And I, I looked him up. It was like G Thompson 722 on Twitter. He had like, you know, he followed 30 people, had two followers. It's like, wow, this guy's more pathetic than I am. And I've been tweeting for a fucking 12 years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, t-shirts now available. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. It made the web address a tiny bit easier. But uh, uh, please remember that I make exactly zero dollars on these shirts. Zero. I just want you to look stupid wearing them. That's all. Uh, all that and more in episode 74. Uh, it's the John Hanna episode. I feel like a fucking fool for not making last week's show the John Hanna episode because he wore number 73. Instead, I gave it to Charlie fucking McAvoy, who's been in town for, you know, I don't know, a minute and a half. Ah, I feel so so foolish, so stupid. How how do I forget about the best guard in the history of football? Awful. So my sincerest apologies to Mr. Hanna and to you, the listener, as this is Complaints and Observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. Continuing odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Let's try this again, shall we? Holy shit. You know, I, I normally apologize profusely for how awful and how uh, pitifully average this program is. Um, but that open was... That was six minutes of drivel and uh, slurring and stupidity. All rolled up tightly in a nice um, Anna's-type burrito. Yeah, no good. Anyway, how are you? Good? Yeah? Terrific. Um, a few things to talk about today. Not a ton. Nothing really jumped out at me this week. Nothing, you know, to... 
to either complain about or or simply observe. I mean, a few things, but nothing, you know, that uh, that falls in line with how I want to direct the show. Like, I'm not going to talk about the Middle East because that's not my purview. You know, that's not I don't have a frame of reference there. I I have an opinion, but that's not one that I'm going to share in this program because it's not um, it's not the show. It's not what I'm trying to get at. You know, somewhere down the road, I think I might end up doing a second podcast where I talk about serious shit that I have no business talking about. But that's not this program. So, uh, speaking of talking about serious shit, I had the immense pleasure of spending some time with uh, my dear friend and show Habitois, uh, my Australian friend Evan Glasser, last week. He and I, uh, every now and again, we did a few times uh, during the pandemic. It was nice. Just uh, sit down, have some pops, catch up. Um, I learn something from that young man every single time I spend, uh, every single time I, I see him and spend time with him. Uh, and he's a supporter of the program. He offered some encouragement, which is always nice. Uh, just good stuff. And I enjoyed it, but I met him at a, uh, a tiki bar in the financial district. And I had no fucking clue this, that this thing was actually there, a tiki bar in the financial district of Boston, Massachusetts. Just doesn't jive. Seemed like a decent place. I mean, I ordered an uh, absurdly expensive um, Irish Mai Tai, which was essentially an ounce and a half of... um, It was good Irish whiskey. What the fuck was it? Ooh, I can't remember what they used. Damn it, it's going to bother me. Uh, but it was good, and so it was the the ounce and a half of of the of the whiskey, uh, their homemade mai tai mix, and then eight pounds of ice, in a green like pineapple shaped glass. I think it was pineapple shaped um, mug, or or I, can, I don't want to call it a glass. It was ceramic. It was interesting. It was like 14 bucks. But then again, you you know, I'm downtown in the fucking financial district. I should know what I'm going to pay. But it, I don't know. It was weird. Um, but after that, you know, the thing that kind of caught my eye is that we were walking from there to uh, another place that's actually owned by a friend of his called Sons of Boston Restaurant Bar like right around the corner from um, Faneuil Hall, two doors down from the the uh, Union Oyster House. Not the Union Ron Oster House. The Union Oyster House, the oldest restaurant in America, I believe, I think. Um, <clears throat> but the thing that caught my eye is as we're walking through Faneuil Hall, Now, if you grew up around here, you are well aware of Quincy Market, Faneuil Hall, yada-da, and how the place was always typically uh, packed. Well, look, um, the pandemic has just, if you want an excellent sort of look at 
a couple of different things. One, the decline of physical retail. Two, the ravages of the pandemic. And then three, the general decline of shopping in major metropolitan areas. Faneuil Hall has that in fucking spades. I mean, it is unreal. There's nothing over there. Nothing. There's Ned Devine's, which is, you know, decent bar, whatever. Uh, there's a Wagamama, which is uh, an Asian um, noodle joint, ramen, and other stuff. And that that was literally it. There was one, like, guy who sold paintings in a cart. I could see him from from outside... And it was just, oh my God, it was unreal. It was, it was, it was as if, uh, everything, you know, I had literally just stopped and there was nobody, there was nobody there. Like there was, there was three people sitting down eating ice cream. No fucking clue where they got it. I would assume they got it somewhere in Quincy market, but I can't imagine anything is open in there. It was just, it was honestly, it was stark and it was, it was, uh, kind of depressing, Really, there's like a Sam Adams uh, tap room. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a what's the name of the fucking fish joint. My memory is so shit today. Good grief. But holy shit. And it makes you kind of wonder, all right, is this a. Well, it's a combination of things. Obviously, you're not going to have foot traffic in the middle of a pandemic. That's a given. Okay. Uh, Amazon has probably killed retail in general. That's a given. And then the cost of rent in these places has to be through the fucking roof. Because imagine if you're a retailer and you've you've had uh, a place of business in this particular location for a number of years. Let's say, I don't know, The Gap, for example, which used to be there. It's not there anymore. Who the fuck knows how long that But I mean, that company, that's a bad example, but I'm just saying. So the gap was there for 10 years. Let's say they're paying X and X is twice what they would pay in a mall location somewhere else. Like what incentives does the gap have to stay in that location? If they're going to be charged with the fucking nose for a place that's dying a slow death, it's not it. Unless they come up with some radical weird way to fucking save that place. It's going to be bulldozed and turned into fucking condos before you know it. I mean, the building itself, Quincy Market building, there's there's always going to be like a quirk to that. So that building will probably stay in some form, but it, it, it really is not going to be able to support small business or business in general. It's a very touristy summer attraction. If no one's coming out, and I can't imagine they're going to, you know, have regular revenue numbers in 2021. So let's say it's down again by a quarter. And then last year it was down 80, 90%. What the fuck? What are you going to do? Dreadful. After after we ate at uh, Sons of Boston, I was walking back to the parking garage. Uh, we stopped at the Black Rose. If you're familiar with the Black Rose, it is a classic Boston Irish bar. And uh, they had two floors, two levels of, you know, fun 
revelry, if you will. We walk in and something to both of us felt immediately off. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And we look and there's this steel frame just kind of hanging out on the left side by the windows of, of the bar right in front of the entrance, where typically there was a staircase to go up to the second floor. No longer. Took the stairs out. Fucking closed off that the space to go upstairs. There's It's a single level uh, restaurant now. Awful. The entire Boston bar scene has been crushed. Like, if you go down Boylston Street, forget it. It's a fucking graveyard. The Poor House, Lear, Whiskies. Uh, what was Ken Casey's joints? McGreevy's. Closed. All of them closed. It's dreadful. I sent out some interview uh, requests to a handful of restaurateurs. And, of course, I was ignored. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm curious to know how restaurants in Boston with with those kinds of uh, rents and that kind of overhead, how they managed to either survive or how they came to decide to close. I read a really good article in The Globe the other day about um, Big Night Entertainment. They own a bunch of stuff. They own like uh, uh, Guy Fieri's uh, Cocina at the garden. They own big night live at the garden, bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> but I mean, they started doing all kinds of other crap uh, to try to just bring in a little bit of revenue to, to, you know, keep afloat. They started doing like, uh, honestly, baseball card shows, uh, digital, like online, they do uh, box breaks. They were doing podcast production, uh, they were doing, of, of course, like takeout at the restaurants and uh, ghost kitchens, uh, which all which popped up like fucking crazy. Guy Fieri's is one of them. Chicken guy or Guy Fieri. What is it? Guy Fieri's Flavor Town Kitchen. Uh, but yeah, just crazy. Because um, I, 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 I'm, I'm just fascinated. I'm curious to know how uh, these these people have survived. It was interesting. It was interesting to me. It probably is not interesting to you, uh, because why would it be? Then again, if you're listening to this nonsense, this drivel, this garbage, it's not. It's not really garbage and drivel. It's fine. This is an okay take. Loved it. Hey, speaking of loved it, what do you think of Ken? Uh, uh, Ken, uh, who did my voiceover, and then also uh, the Quiet Violent. Big shouts out to them. Uh, I need to ask those guys to be on the show. Donnie, I need you to be on the show. Let's talk. I want to talk. I want to talk the Boston music scene, huh? Let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty fucking gritty, right? Yeah, that's what we'll do. Um, ugh, what else do I want to talk about? Ah, the soothing, gentle sounds of strumming an acoustic guitar. Really has nothing to do with this ad at all, but I just want to let you know, I have some merchandise at the merch store. 
bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. You see, I've made that web address a tad easier. It's still too long, but I don't have any other way to change it, so please indulge me, if you will. I have a few shirts up for sale, including the brand new tagline, The Village Idiot Has Spoken. That's about it, really. But listen, do yourself a favor. Go to the store, buy a t-shirt, show the world that you don't give a solitary shit about what you listen to on a regular basis. That's bonfire.com slash store slash complaints and get your Complaints and Observations merch today. Had an excellent uh, conversation <clears throat> Saturday night with friends um, about <laughs> fictitious band names. It wasn't so much a conversation as it was just another, uh, you know, some something that comes up often with with my friends and I are fictitious band names, and uh, the one from last week was Milk Hump is just terrific i really don't have anything else to add to that <laughs> other than it's a great band name milk hump uh, if you're in a band and, and you need a name bingo there you go milk hump i have a bunch more let's see what else do i have uh asshole juice um <laughs> Boose Stringstein, Hammy Sagar, Saturn's an Ass, Cauliflower Vagina, Montage of Success. Uh, let's see, is that it? I hope not. Oh, damn, maybe it is. I thought I had more. Fuck. Oh, that's annoying. I really thought I had more. But Milk Hump is good. Football and porn. That could be a good one, too. Oh, man. I thought I had way more than that. Damn. That's disappointing, David. What the fuck? Legalized weed. That could be a good one. It's an old gag, you know? Like If you've seen the movie PCU, the Jeremy Piven classic... I shouldn't say that. Let's back that up. The John Favreau classic PCU, which is just delightful. Honestly, it's a great fucking movie. One of my all-time favorite films. Stupid as fuck. And I, it, it's a... If I see it's on, I have to watch it. But unfortunately, it's not really on that often. But the band names themselves uh, Everyone Gets Laid. And it's a hook, such a hook, you know? So you need you need good band names these days. Unfortunately, there aren't many bands, which is a shame. But uh, The Quiet Violent, they're a band. They should come on the show. So, Donnie, if you're listening, let's go. Um, I'm trying to dig deep into my... 
my list and all these things. I mean, I have shit going back from before I started the fucking show. Like, you know, some serious shit that nobody really needs to talk about, but some shit that I wrote down when I was like taking the train into work. So, I mean, that was fucking years ago now, you know? So let's see. Why doesn't the ESPN voiceover guy have his own show? I wonder if they still have the same guy. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, guys that carry a knife who have no business carrying a knife. The fuck do you need the knife for? And if you, if you go through a security checkpoint at an airport, and if you ever have them like search your shit or go through your bag, um, you'll see like the the bin where they put all the fucking contraband. So the last time I was on a plane, uh, they took my, um, what'd they take? My deodorant. My deodorant was in a like 3.7 ounce canister and it was too big. So we got to take these fucking TSI, TSI. This is the worst fucking episode ever. Honestly, I started off like fucking dog shit. I gave you a boring-ass fucking story about something I did last week with a boring-ass fucking topic. Interesting topic, but I made it boring. Oh, fuck off, David. What are you doing? Man, oh, man. Um, TSA took my deodorant and threw it in a bin, and there was probably a dozen various-sized knives it's like, what the fuck are you doing? If you have a knife in your keychain, what for? What's the fucking point? Oh, what happens if I need to cut my seatbelt off in, in a car accident? Well, then, you know, if that ever happens, pal, hey, there you go. Knife guys. Never got it. Never understood it. Um... Another one that I don't get because I don't have children, but bringing your kids to a brewery. What's that about? And I have friends that do that. I just don't understand it. Like, if your kids are going to fucking run around, why would you do it in a brewery? Obviously, now you can't really do it. And I don't know if breweries are, are even open at the moment. I have no idea in terms of, you know, being able to go in and sit down and have a bevy. <clears throat> But from what I see, it's, hey, mom and dad want to go to the brewery, have some beers, uh, and they're going to sit down and give their kids uh, a tablet to stare at the electronic babysitter. Again, no frame of reference here because I don't have children, which, you know, is a good thing. Um, because I would be a dreadful parent. I say that not because I don't think I could, you know, couldn't raise a child to be a, uh, a productive human or member of society. It's that I would have a goddamn heart attack on a regular basis. My stress level would be wholly unmanageable. And my already high blood pressure would be even higher. 
So I made that decision a long time ago. And so I don't have to deal with, hey, uh, you know, I need to get out of this house. Let's take the kids to the brewery. Whoa, what? Whoa. Yeah, I don't get that. It's odd. But it's only odd to me. It's probably not. I mean, I know it's not odd with like my friends that have kids and who like to drink beer. It's not odd to them. They do it often. As an outsider, I find it odd. But what the fuck do I know? Uh, very little. Um, <clears throat> oh, I've already talked about that. Nothing more disgusting than watching me eat popcorn. Very true. Talked about this. I've also, you know, one. Th- I don't know if I've talked about this before, but like, and I noticed this again on the train going to work, but older couples like in their, well, I don't know, 40s. Um, especially ones that, and I, I put for, first post-divorce relationship, uh, finally out with your mit- mistress or renewing your vows, and the PDA is off the charts. I'm sure there are more, but um, you know, there's no need for it. The gratuitous PDA. And I would imagine the first two especially, first post-divorce relationship, and finally out with your mistress. <laughs> I don't know why I put finally in there. You know, you could just be out with your mistress. Like you're cheating on your spouse. I mean, it, it, what do you call the male equivalent of mistress? Is it master? No, it can't be, right? Huh. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. I would take the time to Google it, but that's boring content. So do it yourself. Find out what that is. Get back to me. Um, but, you know, these people are all over each other. And, they, and I know specifically why this came up, because there was this, there was this couple that used to uh, ride the train to work. And they lived, <clears throat> excuse me, in the... Uh, apartment complex that was behind the train station. How did I know that? Because they talked about it uh, in the group of people that love to congregate every morning before getting on the train and having conversations that they really should not be having, um, you know, surrounded by people that they don't know, but it was a daily occurrence. And so these people made it, made it known that they had left their respective spouses uh, and now we're living together and, you know, constant fucking handholding, constant kissing. It's like, what are you doing? You're on a fucking train platform, you know, keep your dick in your pants, buddy. Settle down. Wait till you get home. Yeah, I don't get it. It was one of these things I don't understand. I mean, you know, PDA in general is fine. Like, you know, holding hands and, and a, a kiss on the cheek, that stuff is fine. But like the constant holding and making out and all that crap, like it's not, it's not necessary. No one likes it. And I would venture a guess that even one of the two people involved in the public displays of affection don't really care for it. That's a guess. I could be dead wrong. 
That's just a guess. It was a good one. Uh, no one under 10 should be allowed to fly. <laughs> uh, that is such a dick thing to say. But it's true if you're flying and you're, you know, this fucking kid's under 10. Ugh. Um, I find that all these are very child-themed. What's up with that? Uh, if you're not with the mother of your child, is it cool to tell her to pound sand on Mother's Day? <laughs> Uh, and I get I got that from somebody on Instagram who, you know, posted something. This was Christ. This had to have been two years ago. Posted something, <clears throat> excuse me, about, uh, hey, happy Mother's Day to the mother of my son. We're not together anymore, but uh, we've managed to raise a great kid. Smiley face emoji. Hashtag co-parenting. <laughs> not really. <laughs> What a stupid fucking phrase, co-parenting. You're just parents. There's no co. Ugh. But I mean, are you allowed to do that? So you, you know, you have a good relationship with your kid, right? Um, but Mother's Day rolls around and you just don't plain like the kid's mother. Are you required to, you know, to say happy Mother's Day or buy a gift for the mother? Or can you just tell her to fuck off? Like, hey, uh, I don't like you. I like our kid. Pound sand. That has to be completely and totally uncouth, I would imagine. But yeah, how about that? Interesting. Um, let's see. I don't think anybody that listens to this is going to remember the theme song to Zoobly Zoo. But that was a great fucking opening theme song. Oh, man, was that a... It was a fucking really a terrible show, but that song was so fucking good. Oh, man. Uh, Let's see. I've talked about that. <laughs> the word whoops or whoop with regards to being in someone's way. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense, David. <laughs> uh, you're walking. Someone is like, you know, not paying attention and or you're not paying attention and you almost hit them and you're like, whoop. Where'd that come from? What's the origin of whoop? Now there's a company called, I think they pronounce it whoop. Local Boston ties whoop. Pretty sure a whoop is based in Boston. Oh, boy. I should do that more often. Go through this fucking gargantuan list of crap. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of shit on this fucking list that is just terrible. And, and you know what the sad part of it is? So many, so many things are work-related. You know, I haven't been in an office in over a year. Most of, you know... America hasn't been in an office in over a year. So like the, and I, I've talked about this previously, but the, uh, the office life is gone. And I just, I wonder if it's ever going to come back. It's kind of ties into my previous points about, you know, retail. Retail's dead and buried for the most part. 
some aspects of retail will will continue, like beer and alcohol, for example. Uh, lousy segue. I may have a dynamite beer guest for next week's episode, so keep your collective fingers and toes crossed that I don't fuck this up somehow. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, the office life gone. Really, you know. And look, I'm sure it'll come back to some degree. Uh, but I mean, the big inner city, um, downtown offices, I don't really think that's going to come back. And again, I think it's rent and just prices doesn't make any sense. If you're, if your business can function and function well without having to gather a bunch of people in a single space and pay for that space, why the fuck would you, what is the actual point? You have too many of these old school people who own businesses that just are, are, they have to have an office. Well, fine, then rent an office for yourself. Rent a little storefront that you can keep four people in. But do you need to keep your entire fucking workforce in an office? No, it's not necessary. I think the better thing would be to have everyone work from home and then twice a month or three times a month, whatever, everybody goes to a conference room or like a WeWork situation kind of thing where, you know, there's no assigned desks or seating, whatever, but everyone goes in, work for the day, you have lunch together, you have drinks afterward together, so you still have that sort of, if you can, that, you know, that that camaraderie that comes with the, with the work slash office setting. The, I, I mean, I this job that I have now, I started in November. I've seen these people, uh, a majority of these people, I've seen them once. In, you know, over six months. You know, you communicate with them via email, on the phone, via Zoom. Instant message like Google Meet, Google Hangouts, whatever the fuck that is. You communicate with, with your team members. That way, but I mean, is that that's not really the best way to to get to know people? However, it doesn't take away from doing my job. I'm still able to do my job working from the fucking basement. So, you know, it just makes you wonder, right? Um, yeah, so that was a, a deep dive into the list. Whoops. I went from I went from whoop <laughs> back to fucking uh, outrageous downtown lease rates. Yay! What a fucking great show, huh? I'm so bad at this fucking shit. <laughs> That's why nobody listens. Um. All right. Hold on. Don't go anywhere, please. I I beg you, don't go. Unless you're going to go buy a shirt. In other words, words? In other words? Yeah, hold on. All right, as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. I will 
uh, try to make this as painless and as uh, not boring as possible. It'll be... There's no fucking way that's happening. But anyways. Uh, So it's time for three gripes. Um, Gripe number one, yachts. Uh, Big, big story, yachts, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jeff Bezos bought a uh, 417-foot yacht. Half a billion dollars. And it's uh, so big that apparently it needs its own yacht. Whatever. This thing with rich people in yachts, they're essentially buying, you know, floating islands uh, where they can, you know, get away and get away with anything, do anything in international waters where there's no law. That's that's I'm not saying that's accurate. That's just my assumption that Lex, I mean, Jeff Bezos is floating out to the middle of the fucking Atlantic Ocean somewhere to to. You know, with the Legion of Doom trying to come up with some, you know, nefarious plot to take over the world. Or something far more likely is that he's just a boring guy. My guess is that Jeff Bezos is a boring guy. I bet he just would, you know, float out to the middle of God knows where on his mile long yacht and just read a book by himself <laughs> with with the crew you know, of, you know. However many fucking people, 60, something like that, I don't know, uh, at his beck and call, and he's just probably sitting there reading a book by himself. Terribly boring. Wouldn't surprise me. Would it surprise you if Jeff Bezos was a boring guy? No. Uh, But then you have uh, a clueless guy, Tom Brady, who went and bought another uh, yacht. Not 417 feet. His was only six million. He just spent two million on a boat uh, that he was tossing uh, Super Bowl trophies off of when he was shit faced at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yacht parade. Boo. Uh, if you're listening to this, by the time you listen to this, I should say the schedule. Uh, for the 2021 season will be coming out. Uh, your New England Patriots will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, allegedly week four at 435. So my wife and I hopefully will sell that ticket and make enough money to pay for our tickets for the next two years. If you're interested, let me know. Starting bid, 2500 bucks. You laugh and say, oh, that's crazy. Probably is. But shoot for the moon, you know? Um, But yachts, yeah, I don't get it. Something I don't understand. Again, I'm not filthy rich, so I wouldn't know the appeal of a yacht. They just seem like way too much fucking work, right? I mean, Jeff Bezos can, can get away with that shit because he can pay for anything. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady's a rich man. You know, but does he have fucking, like... Flush money down the drain, yacht money. I mean, he must if he's buying a six million dollar yacht. But I mean, those fuck boats are fucking expensive, and they, they, they their time sucks. Again, 
a guy like Brady doesn't have a lot of time to spend on the yacht, you know, because he's busy. He's busy uh, injecting steroids, I mean, uh, working out uh, to prepare for the season. So he's not, you know, unless he's doing his workouts on the boat, in which case, you know, fine. But, you know, so yachts. Yeah, that's the gripe. Yachts. I just don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Gripe number two. Why did the Ewoks, why do the Ewoks get shit on? I don't understand it. In the end, okay, the Ewoks played a very integral role in bringing down the Empire. Did they not? Yet, for some reason, you you have a lot of fucking uh, fanboys and nerds shitting on the Ewoks. I've never understood it. Uh, rudimentary creatures with rudimentary weapons, um, you know, managing to help the rebels destroy uh, the deflector shield so that uh, the Death Star can be blown up. Now, I'm watching Return of the Jedi a couple weeks ago. There are a couple things in here, right? First... The Emperor says to Luke that, you know, he he planned uh, this whole thing for the Rebels to go to Endor to try to destroy the shield. But it was a trap. So he knew full well that was happening. Yet, this guy apparently had no clue that these furry little fuckers were going to be a thorn in his side. And ultimately, if you really think about it, right, without the Ewoks, you know, Nothing happens. The rebellion's over without the Ewoks. Over. They really should have been portrayed as a as a smarter species, the Ewoks. I don't know why it bothered me so much. But it did. I didn't understand, uh, you know, and it was really only this particular viewing. I've seen the movie 80,000 times, but it was this time around where I thought to myself, what is the deal? Why do people hate the Ewoks so much? I mean, they were easily fooled by C-3PO. You know, they thought he was some kind of god or is some kind of deity. Yeah, Weird. I didn't get it. And the other thing that I found trick, uh, confusing, again, uh, 80th time I've seen this fucking movie, when Luke goes to take Vader's mask off at the end of the film, how the fuck does he know how to take it off? <laughs> Vader's like, take this mask off so that I can look upon you with my own eyes. And then he's just like, click, 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 open. What? No. It took a fucking army of droids to put him together. And all of a sudden, fucking Luke Skywalker knows how to take this thing off? I bet you Vader doesn't even know how to take the fucking thing off. He didn't put it on. Yeah, I don't know. Things that that I think about and probably only I think about. Gripe number three. Having to sit around listening to music late at night that you don't care for because your wife's drunk. That's all I've got. 
that's the whole gripe. Uh, that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, please tell your friends. Uh, please go to the merch store. <laughs> Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints and buy a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I bought another one. I have so much fucking show merch. It's I shouldn't even say so much. Like I have uh, a handful of shirts. I got a hat, coffee mug. It's like <laughs> uh, I'm that guy. Wears the band's t-shirt to their show. Um, go to the Twitter page. I've been tweeting quite a bit from the the show feed. Uh, it's all gold. 100% gold, all of it, at Complaints Pod. Uh, I have an Instagram page, at Complaints Pod. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I cannot use YouTube with my current laptop. So it's going to be yet another investment. I, I need a new laptop anyway, so at, at some point down the road, I'm going to have to buy one, something that has a serviceable camera or i'm gonna have to buy a camera i do like the idea of using youtube i mean who wouldn't want to see my unbelievably handsome face and my continually shrinking physique <laughs> that's still covered in fat <laughs> oh i'm a fat sack of fat um 617-65 rip them. Nobody fucking ever calls. You know, good thing this thing doesn't cost me any money, but 617-65 rip them. Give me a call, leave a voicemail, talk about anything. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Um, if you want to tell me what you had for dinner at some great restaurant, I'd love to hear it. If you have any sort of thoughts about the uh you know, anything that's going on in the greater New England region, I am all years from the tippity top of Maine through the six state region into, you know, parts of New York State, down through the five boroughs, uh, into northern New Jersey. We'll leave it there. It's some of Philadelphia. But other than that, that particular neck of the of the nape, if you will. Uh, I'd love to hear it. Let's talk, right? And like I said, hopefully next week I'll have an awesome guest. I'm keeping my fucking fingers crossed because it'd be a good conversation with a, with a, an interesting guy in an interesting line of work whose products I thoroughly enjoy. So. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to jinx it, but we'll see. That's all for the program. Thank you, as always. I appreciate it. Please tell your friends, tell your moms. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.